This episode of the Holly Fueled Nutrition Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. To save 10% off your first month of therapy, visit the link in the show notes, which is BetterHelp, better slash Holly Fueled. Hello, and welcome to the Holly Field Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Holly Samuel, and I am a board-certified sports dietitian, certified personal trainer, and of course, your host today. And we are going to dive into another supplement myth-busting series episode. These are continuing into 2024 because honestly, I didn't even make a dent in the list of items that I had. Um because you guys just keep bringing up really great things for me to do podcasts about. So I'm going to keep doing them until I basically run out of a list. And I don't know if that'll ever happen. So um, we're going to continue the series by talking about ketones today. Um, In particular, we're going to be talking about like supplemental ketones that you see elite athletes um, and the like being sponsored by and using as performance enhancing supplements. Um, We will brush a little bit on the ketogenic diet because I can't not explain that in order to explain what ketones are and why they're being basically boxed up and marketed. Um, But I'm really excited about this. You know, these have been around for a couple of years now um, and we're starting to see them become a little bit more prevalent. Um, There's companies like, I think it's Delta and IQ who are coming out with different ketone products. Um, And To be honest, the research is pretty limited on these still. They're still a very new product, even though they have been around for a couple of years. Um, And the research is very um, limited in that most of it is funded by these companies. So of course, there's going to be some bias. Um, With that, it doesn't mean that the research is useless. I still want to dive into it and talk about it. Um, But it is definitely something to keep in mind. You know, we have to kind of take that with a big old grain of salt until we can get some more... um, less conflict of interest uh, studies going. All right. So first, I think we need to dive into what is a ketone, right? Um, So as you've probably heard in like several of my other podcast episodes, or if you listen to other like sports dietitian, nutrition related podcasts that are out there, look at my content, all that good stuff. Ketones, um, are basically molecules that are made in the liver during periods of energy deficiency, um, which can come from like prolonged fasting, doing a very low carbohydrate diet, or even just in long duration of exercise where our blood sugar, our blood glucose starts to run low. So any situation basically where your blood sugar starts to get low and there's no stored glycogen to kind of help top it off. And you're also not getting additional carbohydrates through the diet because you know from all these resources that carbohydrates are our body's main fuel source. That is what our brain and muscles primarily like to use for energy. Um, But (laughs) since our bodies are really cool and really smart, basically you know, if we run out of carbohydrates, we die. Um, so kind of as a backup strategy built in for that, um, your brain can also use what's called ketones for energy, which is essentially those molecules made in the liver where your body instead breaks down its fat stores for energy when you don't have enough carbohydrates for fuel. Um, and ketones are the unit that is made for energy as a result. This process Um, is not super efficient and it takes kind of a long time, which is why 
fat and ketones are not the body's main fuel source. Even in someone who is fat adapted, they would probably get more out of their performance if they had some carbohydrates in their life. And again, there is a time and place for the ketogenic diet, which we'll get into. Um, but for athletes, most athletes are not the exception to that rule. <laughs> so um, that's kind of what a ketone is in like abstract concept. So our brain can then use this as an energy substrate for its tissues that are key to survival, like the brain, the heart, our skeletal muscle. And even if you are a very thin individual with like low body fat percentage, we still do have, you know, typically enough fat on us for this to basically help get us to where we need to go for a little while. Um, think of it as burning oil when you run out of gas. It's not something we want to do forever, but it can kind of help us keep moving the car forward if we need to. So for things like the ketogenic diet, um, essentially the concept is that instead of using carbohydrates to keep our blood sugar stable, we are using ketones from eating plenty of fat um, and fat from our actual body itself. Um, the ketogenic diet tends to be about 70 to 90% of calories coming from fat. So I have a lot of people who have told me they've done a keto diet who really haven't done a keto diet. They've done a low carb diet um, because a keto diet is very, very high in fat. It is almost no carbohydrates, typically has to be less than 30 to 50 carbohydrates in a day, um, which as you know, is extremely low. If you've heard me throw around numbers, like, I don't know, 90 grams per hour is needed while running a marathon. <laughs> um, you know, and that's just 30 grams per day or less to get into ketosis where our body starts to produce and rely on these ketones. Um, and it's a moderate to low protein diet too. Like most of our energy on a true ketogenic diet should be coming from dietary fat. Um, so, you know, in terms of research, when this can actually be very useful and therapeutic tends to be for people with neurological conditions like epilepsy. Um, it's been around for ages to use in pediatric epilepsy as a therapeutic nutrition approach, although it is not for everyone um, in that category. It can be very effective to reduce seizures. It's also been thrown around for treatments um, to treat things like cancer, um, PCOS, insulin resistance conditions, but, and the big but for this is there's not a ton of long-term research on if it's a good idea for these people in the long-term and if there are um, any long-term negative side effects. We know about some of them, um, which can be things like, you know, low energy availability, um, you know, mental health outcomes that are poor, like, you know, developing an eating disorder, um, becoming uh, like imbalanced from a hormone perspective, because especially as females, we do need some carbohydrates to make adequate hormones. Um, and also it, there is some research on this. I've seen this more just cl in clinical observation. Um, but I tend to see a ketogenic diet also, again, like a true one that's really high in fat, um, cause a lot of gallbladder issues for people. I've seen a lot of people end up with gallstones or had to have emergency gallbladder surgery to get their gallbladders removed. Um, because of high fat consumption. So again, it's definitely not for everyone, even in that list of conditions that I just listed, the research is kind of hit or miss. And there's nothing really long term um, to show that it's beneficial without significant risk. Um, so if you do have pediatric or adult onset 
epilepsy, it might be a good idea for you to work with a dietitian who's skilled in that realm to um, kind of help you with that. But in terms of endurance athletes, um, we just don't really see it being a good idea. If anything, it tends to come with more risk than benefit. It has been started to be talked about in the past couple of years as a potential way of like fueling strategy for endurance athletes, especially in the marathon and ultra endurance community who are kind of thinking, well, if I can teach my body to burn fat for fuel more efficiently, then that might help me um, in the long term when tolerating that many carbohydrates per hour is challenging. And a lot of the times the argument for this is that if we look at like a unit of fat and how much ATP or energy that can produce by being broken down, it's much higher. We can produce, we can get a lot more energy from our fat stores and from dietary fat than we can from our carbohydrate stores in the form of glycogen or from carbohydrates themselves. Even from a macronutrient perspective, fat has nine calories per gram. Carbohydrates and protein only have four calories per gram. So fat is a more energy dense um, unit basically. But the big but here um, is that it's it's not as efficient to break down that unit of fat to get to that energy. And it actually takes some energy to do that as it is to break down glycogen or to get glucose from the cell for energy. That's a very quick, efficient process. So when it comes to running, that's ten, that tends to be what we want. Like we're always going to be burning fat for fuel. We're going to be burning fat for fuel right now. You're doing it while listening to this podcast. Even if you're just sitting around, um, you're doing it while you're running, but the higher intensity um, the activity from a psychological perspective. So if you're just like working really hard and you're, you know, putting in a lot of brain power, um, or you're putting in a lot of physical energy and power to run at marathon pace or to run at all, or to sprint, um, the more intense, the more carbohydrates are relied on for energy. This has been so well documented in research for decades. Um, so really it's the most efficient source of energy for it to come from carbohydrates, which is why, You'll hear me talking about that at nausea over and over and over again um, until it changes. And I, I don't see that happening um, from a basic human physiology standpoint, again, for the general population and the general population of endurance athletes. That's not to say some very specific people wouldn't fall more somewhere in the middle um, or even on the extreme of ketosis being a good idea for them. So if you hear someone say, well, I need to be fat adapted, ask them basically how long it takes that fat cell um, and that unit of fat to turn into the ATP they're looking for compared to a unit of carbohydrates. And I'll tell you, carbohydrates, much more efficient. So, but again, the concept of this is that if we can break down fat for energy, it might give us more energy per unit. So how can we access that better? And that is where the ketone supplement companies have stepped in. Um, and this is kind of a cool concept. So a lot of these ketone supplements, um, the big misconception is that they're meant to be taken like for someone on the keto diet or for someone who is like using them instead of basic sports nutrition principles. So using them instead of gels or instead of carbohydrates. And that's really not it at all. They're meant to be used on top of adequate sports nutrition coming from carbohydrates, okay? So 
What are ketone supplements from a 101 perspective? They are exogenous ketones, so ketones in the form of a supplement consumed as beta-hydroxybutyrate ketones. They increase those blood ketone levels, which mimics what you know tends to happen in ketosis, but um, several servings per day are needed to maintain a state of ketosis. So again, these are not really meant <laughs> to put you in ketosis. They are just meant to be a supplement to your existing sports nutrition. Um, they should be complementary um, in terms of your sports nutrition for either during um, exercise or from a carb loading or glycogen synthesis for refueling standpoint, which I'll get into. It provides basically energy through a different metabolic pathway than glucose. So, you know, we can use that glucose pathway by getting in enough carbohydrates on your long run and in carb loading, but maybe we can also kind of put more energy through ketones down this other pathway. That's kind of the idea with ketone supplements. What's kind of cool about them too, is that they can... Um, potentially preserve muscle glycogen stores. Because again, if your body's getting energy from these two different pathways, ketones and glucose, then it won't burn through its glycogen stores or its glucose stores quite as quickly. Let's take a minute to hear a word from our sponsor and thank them, which is BetterHelp. If you are in need of therapy, BetterHelp is an absolutely amazing resource that you can use in your therapy journey. They basically make it super quick and easy to get connected to a therapist. Um, it is honestly one of the quickest uh, situations I've ever experienced when it comes to getting that first therapy appointment set up in the healthcare system. Um, so if you would like to save 10% off on your first month of therapy, check out the link in the show notes, which is betterhelp.com slash hollyfueled. That is B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash H-O-L-L-E-Y-F-U-E-L-E-D. Um, and honestly, a lot of what we're talking about, you know, in regards to pregnancy, nutrition, and body image in this episode um, is absolutely, you know, so important. Um, and if you are kind of finding this resonating or, you know, setting off light bulbs in your brain that, Hey, this is something that you would really benefit from working on therapy can be a really helpful tool in this process to help you, um, you know, preconception all the way through postpartum and beyond if pregnancy is going to be a part of your journey. It is something that has personally helped me so, so, so much. Um, so make sure you go check out better help and let's get back to the episode. So let's see if this comes to fruition from the research that has been done. So in terms of kind of pros of ketone supplements, are they worth the hype? Basically, ketones may provide extra fuel for endurance athletes when there are not, you know, enough carbohydrates available. And if we are doing adequate sports nutrition, especially during like a long run or a marathon type effort, where, you know, you're taking 60 to 90 grams of carbohydrate per hour, you're hydrating properly, you're getting electrolytes. These are going to be best used when used on top of that existing fuel plan. Okay. So they're providing an extra kind of pathway for fuel to go down without overwhelming the one that we know is extremely efficient and should absolutely still be used. They may provide anywhere from 15 to 20% of the muscle's energy for endurance athletes. 
Um, again, that's coming from a particular study funded by a ketone company. Um, but you know, it's it's definitely pretty solid in terms of how they got that number. Some evidence that burning ketones um, may yield a higher output with the same oxygen consumption as burning carbohydrates, but this is where it gets a little hairy because it's taken companies a really long time to basically figure out how to get athletes to be able to tolerate ketones. Um, They're not something that's easy to get into a supplement form and to be able to be tolerated without GI distress, which I'll get into when I list the cons. They may allow us to burn less carbohydrates when exercising. So if you are someone who, um, you know, maybe does have epilepsy and you are a runner, this could be a good option for you to kind of get another energy fuel source without having to worry about adding in carbohydrates and potentially triggering seizures. But we do know that if you have like insulin resistance, exercise actually can improve insulin sensitivity and therefore, you know, improve insulin resistance. Um, and one reason is that it basically allows us to burn through carbohydrates without needing insulin. So again, if you have insulin resistance, you should absolutely be consuming adequate carbohydrates during your long run fuel plan. Using ketones may be something you can supplement with on top of that. There's a little bit of research showing that it can decrease lactate during exercise and cause us to use less glycogen, um, but that's a bit mixed and needs more hashing out. Um, And again, when taken with enough carbohydrates, ketone supplements may improve performance and recovery because they basically can help us restock our glycogen stores deeper, so more of it and faster. Um, However, again, This study, basically how they simulated this for athletes was they gave athletes ketone supplements and then they gave them a glucose drip, so an IV of carbohydrates. Um, I don't know about many of you, but I know a lot of you probably are not hooking yourselves up to a glucose IV um, after your run. So you're still going to need to get adequate carbohydrates. That is going to benefit your recovery first and foremost, most importantly. And then if you use ketones on top of it, it might help make that even better. But if you're not getting, you know, adequate carbohydrates in after activity or during activity, using ketones on top of it, um, isn't really going to help. Um, and using ketones instead of doing that really has no benefit at all. (laughs) So again, all of the pros are assuming you're doing your due diligence to have an adequate sports fuel plan that incorporates plenty of carbohydrates and an adequate hydration strategy. When I work with clients, especially new clients, I tend to find that people are not doing that, right? So we need to work on the fuel plan first. Ketones are really like that extra cherry on top ergogenic aid that might be useful, but we don't really know because we don't have a ton of unbiased research on it yet. So in terms of the cons, um, some research actually finds that they may worsen performance because of increased cardiorespiratory stress during exercise. Um, This tends to be especially at higher intensities. So that's not great. May cause GI symptoms. Again, it's really hard to kind of package ketones in a way that is easy to digest because they are a fat derivative. And we know that we try to like limit our fat intake around and during exercise for the most part, because it takes a while to digest and it can cause, um, you know, blood diffusion issues to the gut and therefore GI distress. So it's hit or miss with people. If you have a sensitive gut, I typically don't recommend adding ketone supplements. Um, 
Definitely don't recommend omitting carbohydrates either. It can cause underutilization of carbohydrates, which can negatively impact performance and impair carb metabolism. So again, if you're not consuming adequate carbohydrates, it's, it's not going to help. It might hurt you is what this is saying. There is a lack of evidence for long-term safety. So, you know, like anything else, any supplement you're using, we don't know if there's long-term safety on certain ingredients, ketones being one of them. And also we want it to be a high quality supplement that's third-party tested. Um, you know, that's, that's not a given. Um, so you want to make sure what's in the supplement is what is on the label. In terms of higher levels of ketone supplementation, it can actually be associated with higher levels of oxidative stress and inflammation, which is usually the opposite of what people on a ketogenic diet tell you. They'll tell you it'll lower your oxidative stress and it'll improve inflammation. So a bit of mixed research there. Um, and most studies find no significant results for efficiency of burning ketones over burning carb for energy. This was something I found super funny about the research is that they didn't really control for like they they didn't control for their control group very well. Um, in one of the studies in particular, their control group just like went out and ran with no fuel. And then the other one ran with adequate carbohydrates that, again, has been very well documented to have performance benefits and research and a ketone supplement. So it was kind of hard to tell, like, did that group do better than the control group because of the carbs or because of the ketone supplement or both? And it's highly likely, since carbs have been around longer than ketone supplements, that it's the carbs. So... Um, again, we need more research controlling for that better. And these studies were funded by supplement companies. So they're a bit flawed. Um, most of the supporting data came from in vitro experiments too, um, and male athletes. So again, we don't really have anything on female athletes, um, from the majority of the studies and we can't necessarily extrapolate in vitro or rat data to real life humans who are running marathons, not in a vacuum with a lot of other var variables, right? Um, and all of them basically were done in conjunction with adequate carbohydrate consumption. So we can't rule out that it wasn't just the carbohydrates and that it was only the ketones and it was this magic supplement. Big con for me and for a lot of people is that these supplements, again, it's hard to make them into a package that is well tolerated by athletes. Most people don't uh, love the taste. Um, in my experience, they don't have a great taste. It's a bit bitter, um, a bit artificial tasting because it is artificial. So something to keep in mind. Um, I know a lot of you struggle to get fuel down anyway during your run. So, you know, prioritize your carbohydrates and your hydration first. And if these are just making you gag, it's not really worth the potential benefit. Um, and they're expensive. Okay. So something to keep in mind is obviously, um, you know, the expense, like if you're paying for gels and that type of thing, um, you know, that's an expense. If you're paying for your shoes and your strength training, that's an expense. And those things are going to be more important than a ketone supplement. I just pulled up um, Delta G, which is one of the um, very popular ketone ester uh, performance supplements that is on the market right now for ketones. Um, and 50 bottles of this, so again, potentially 50 servings, uh, is $1,500, okay? And you are meant 
to basically use like two of these per workout. Um, so probably not super affordable for a lot of people, but I don't know, you know, I don't know your life, but just saying that is definitely a con. And I'm not saying that sports nutrition is cheap, but it's usually cheaper than that. Um, so definitely something to keep in mind. So in terms of like kind of bottom line here, um, I don't recommend the ketogenic diet for most athletes. Um, you know, again, that needs to be used on more of an individualized basis and typically should be short-term working with a professional and not just experiment on your own. Um, I know people who have done that and who are still recovering from the negative, um, you know, kind of outcomes of that years later. So I, I really don't recommend that for most athletes. Um, and I don't really recommend ketone supplements. It's something you can experiment with. Um, if you are like, I have absolutely nailed my fuel plan. Um, you know, I got it down and I have like the receipts to prove it. And I just want to add something else to the mix and see if it helps and see if you like it and you have the money to spend. Sure. Why not go for it? I would love to see more research on ketone supplements in the future without carbohydrate. Um, like they need to control for people consuming adequate carbohydrates on the run better than they have in the existing studies. Um, I'd love to see more studies on it with female athletes um, and also just athletes across like different um, intensities. So like people running ultras or people doing Ironmans versus people doing like 5Ks, half marathons, that type of thing. So basically there's some evidence that ketone supplements may improve recovery and glycogen storage efficiency in males, but it has to be coupled with an adequate carbohydrate consumption. Um, and that needs to come first. And we know at least 50% of athletes are not doing this. So they, they need to work on that first. Um, you know, and in terms of this, there may be GI symptoms. It's expensive. The evidence is basically mixed and inconclusive. Um, so we just need more research. So hopefully that kind of helps sum up uh, ketone supplements because I know you're probably starting to see those coming out around this time of year um, as diet culture and fancy gimmicks get more coverage than the unsexy stuff that tends to get you the better results, like eating enough food, eating adequate carbohydrates, and taking enough nutrition before, during, and after your runs. That is primarily carbohydrates and not ketone supplements that are $1,500. Um, if you have been enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on your podcast player of choice. I would just, you know, make me warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, if you think I'm worthy of that, of course, um, and helps get more people, this free content and information that my team and I work so hard to research and bring to you guys on this platform. Um, so yeah, I would really appreciate that. But until next time, I hope you're having a very happy new year and happy running. Thank you.